when you talk to people, be aware that uh, there are several truths existing in the same room. Um, even though you believe you're right, um, it doesn't matter if you um, not are not willing to listen to to the other person and uh, acknowledge his opinions. Welcome to Stories for the Future, a podcast on a mission to get you excited and optimistic about the huge challenges and changes we are facing on this beautiful planet called Earth. My name is Svetlmer Klavnesberge, and in this season, I want you to get into action. We all have special superpowers, and we are all needed to get us back on track for a great future. So please join me in my search for superheroes with the superpowers. And if you at some point think that, hmm, I could have done this, then go out and do it. Make that connection, write that email, start that company. With almost 8 billion superheroes on this planet, there's no way we couldn't make it. So let's start. It's game on. Imagine you woke up one morning and realized that you would have to build your life back up again, almost from scratch. You would leave the network and safety of your people, most of your family and friends, and you would walk away into the unknown, set out on a journey to find your own new tribe. And maybe the hardest part, you would have to rediscover who was the real you. What were your values, beliefs, and what opinions would you have on all sorts of issues? This is hard to imagine for most of us, and I don't think we reflect much on this on a daily basis. What opinions and beliefs are truly ours, and what's inherited from our family, our friends, and our close surroundings? Today's guest is Morten Westerheim, and he has first-hand knowledge on building a new tribe and starting over again, as he left a strong network and safe community as an adult. Morten grew up in a very strong and tight Christian community in Norway, and the consequences of leaving this community were many and quite life-changing, and he found himself in the situation where he had to rebuild his life. I am very interested in how and why we form all these bubbles in our society today with strong beliefs and often not so much interest, maybe, in seeing past our own safe bubble. And that's why I find Morten's story so interesting. Because if we can build a better understanding for people living with a different set of beliefs and values than we do, maybe we can burst some of these bubbles. Martin also works as a sustainability consultant, and we touch upon a lot of topics related to how we can all live better lives on a healthy planet, and how there's often more than one truth out there. So with that, I leave it to last week's me and Martin, and I will be back on the other side. My name is Martin Westerheim. I um, I live 
globally, I live in your neighborhood, uh, just south of uh, Tutsberg, uh, more more uh, towards uh, Sandefjord. So I live between uh, Vikings and uh, Whalers. Uh, not sure which one is the worst. No. Um, I'm married, <laughs> two sons, and um, uh, they're nine and seven. Uh, I am originally from um, Storid at the west coast of Norway. It's an island, so um, we can touch upon that later, but it, it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, growing up on an island has to, uh, you... I, I early started to to uh, to recognize the island mentality that people tend to be, like you said, you know, growing up on a bubble is one metaphor. On an island is another metaphor. So, I uh, it was it's weird uh, when I, I think back. I, I really early in my childhood, I I, I was uh, aware of that that people tend to uh, find find the security and comfort in, in living on in a bubble or an hmm. island. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. but uh, uh, today you uh, there's not much uh, left of your dialect, by the way. Stored. That's in the west that, coast of true. Norway. It's very different from <laughs> the way it's. Yeah, today. <laughs> I look at myself as a uh, 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 language chameleon. Yeah. Okay. My wife is from Poland, and and the little Polish I speak, I, I when I'm there, I I get questions if I'm I'm from Warsaw Warsaw or something. So it's oh. um, <laughs> it's so not. Musical... I still have the poor, yeah, poor poor vocabulary, but I I tend to if I work with Danes and Swedes, I I usually uh, pick up their language pretty quick too. Oh. So nice. Uh, yeah. But so, uh, it, just to to talk about your um, career path today, as I mentioned, you work as a sustainability consultant, um, independent. And why did you pivot in this direction? And and what is your 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 background originally when it comes to to work? Yeah. So I my education is within uh, logistics and and. Uh, shipping like marine operations and such and that's how i ended up at this uh, in at this part of the of the country um and um i was uh, finished with my bachelor degree in 2009 and that was on the tail of the the finance crisis where very little was moved and uh, uh goods were moved around the world so it's hard hard to find a job um unfortunately i managed to get uh, um, uh, a temporary um job uh, for a a production company who had a uh, um warehouse project in poland so i uh, moved there for 9 months so mm -hmm. i was kind of the the opposite of of uh, everybody else you know usually it's the the poles that are traveling to norway for for work mm. i i did the opposite so that was kind of you know the first starting of my awakening because up to then i've been you know a regular norwegian boy living in in uh <laughs> yeah 
in in a wealthy country uh no worries materialistically and and uh then i end up in an apartment from from the it was has never been renovated it was probably built in in the 60s in, in the communist uh era of poland and mm. um getting to know the locals and to to see how life is uh just uh, a short uh, flight away from from our safe and comfortable norway so it was um how was it, how it, was it, life there then how how difficult was it for people there i, I mean it, i wouldn't say difficult but it was you it was back then as like 12 years ago it was uh like what i found fascinating was that the the speed of of uh, how everything was developing and um you know in europe today if you want to to go to the the most modern shopping malls you you have to go to poland because they they have built up um like the the consumer business you know it's it's ahead of the the uh, uh the people's ability to buy so mm. they built huge fancy shopping malls uh while the people really didn't have could like in general could afford the 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 goods that was sold but but this kind of pulls the the living standard up in a way the the uh transition to uh, capitalism had done a lot you know made some people very rich very fast and i but i also talked to people you know that you know that they missed the security uh of the communism you know it's mm. not that they they wanted back to to everything that communism provide but it was uh at least it it provided them with basic living yeah basic living and i think that's uh that's important for people you know to feel that uh, that security uh, yeah the, but would you then say that uh, your uh, maybe entrance into your interest for sustainability was um was the social sustainability that side of it uh, more than yeah. the climate and environment sure i uh, i'm definitely you know interested in uh, uh in the social part of the the sustainability and and humans in in general i like i love meeting people mm. uh and that was maybe the best thing about that those uh, months in in poland that i got to meet people you know where they live and it's not like if you go to a conference or or a seminar you meet people at their their display but mm. when you get to know people for for who they are how they live um it's something different and um and you know that they are happy it's not okay uh, life is what it is they don't have the living standard they have their their um electrical bill, bill is maybe 15 times higher than in Norway while their uh, income is a third 
yeah. and whenever the, the <laughs> whenever the electrical bill in Norway starts to rise, it, like everybody's screaming, and I said, well, why? Well, in Poland, it's fifteen times higher, and uh, they have less income, and yeah, they, wow. it is what it is. That uh, puts so, uh, things a bit in perspective. Yeah. yeah. So, so that 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 was that's the right word. It put things in in a different perspective, and mm. I think um, I think that's good for a lot of you know, especially us who live in in uh, the western part of the world. To yeah. I think traveling is the best best teacher uh, there is, mm. and to to see how how uh, other other people uh, are living. Yeah, so, so coming back from uh, from Poland, I uh, got into the the project cargo uh, segment, and uh, I worked towards the oil industry and. Um, international logistic projects uh, and um, because of my office was moving farther and further away from where I lived I I uh, jumped on an opportunity to become a manager of a, a startup um, which uh, <laughs> ended up me uh, leaving that opportunity after three months and it was uh, it was a hard exit that you know, left me uh, eventually uh, hitting that that wall, mm. uh, famous wall, mm. <laughs> mentally. <laughs> uh, and I found myself in in deep depression for for several months. Um, thought that well, now I'm I'm done. I I I, I will never have a career again. And uh, so, but then then it's. Um, I, I met some people, some some professionals that really uh, helped me out. Uh, and I, I remember I was meeting with a psychiatrist, uh, and because I thought I was, you know, crazy mentally, mentally crazy. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I remember sitting there, and after fifteen minutes, she just stops me and says, "Well, Mel Morton, uh, you know." Um, first of all, I have to say you're not crazy. You don't have any diagnosis and stuff. But what you have, you have piled up a lot of lot of questions in your body. Like some you may know of, and a lot of them are uh, are you're not aware of. And that we can help you with. I'll I'll link you up with a therapist of ours, and 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 uh, we'll see where it goes. And and that really started um, for me, and and you know, um, Jim Carrey, which is a, is a huge inspiration of mine, inspirators for for a lot of reasons. Uh, I love his humor, but he also said uh, that you know uh, the difference between feeling sad and sorrow and and being depressed is that when you like sorrow is something happening to you you lose a friend uh, a loved one you break up you lose your job and so that that's typically sorrow it's the weather of feelings uh, while depression is <laughs> kind of the body trying to tell you f you i'm not going to do this anymore i i hate this character you're trying me to to make me play and 
and uh, another way of putting it, he says that you know if you split up the word depressed, it you you get deep rest. So your body just get into mm. a deep rest. It don't want to cooperate anymore. <clears throat> and and for me, that I really resonated with that with that explanation. Mm. And then I, you know, I was thinking, well, I have two kids, uh, two two wonderful boys, and I, I just want to focus on them. You know, be the best dad. And I'm gonna do turn every stone in my life, you know, to find the answers. And I wanna, I'm gonna get well, and I'm gonna be the best dad for them and the best, uh, uh, you know, example of of someone who, yeah can can rise and and uh, be an inspiration mm. and uh, one year going forward i wake up one morning and feel completely rested it was like i was coming back from uh from complete unity with the universe, it was like it sounds crazy, but it's it's the only explanation I have, mm-hmm. you know. I, and I felt, you know, everything is like the, it's kind of connected, you know. Um, so I was like, okay, now I'm not depressed anymore. Now I'm not. I actually am well. Um, but the thing is that. And what I have not touched on is that I was um, brought up in a Christian community and I spent the 33 years of my life, first year of my life there. And with everything that comes with that, all the the security, being part of a, a community that, that wants good for you, uh, but also has uh, their limitations and and doctrines and and uh, and teachings that may not be uh, something that I am agree to today. And and that more the the thing is the funny thing is, and I haven't heard anyone <laughs> explain it like this before. So, it, like I feel this complete peace, and at the same time I have this notion that everything you have learned. Like the whole belief system that you've been brought up with and you have learned and the bubble you have lived in, it was like burst. And I was like, okay, you're on your own, yet you are in a complete unity with everything. So Mm. so that was, um, so I was, okay, should I panic now and, you know, try to get my faith back or should I just, you know, take it easy and see where this leads. And and I chose the later one. And, uh, <laughs> mm. and uh, you know, I, I spent time because I, I didn't want a hard exit from the community. I, you know, I, I went talk to several people and I got... I was treated with respect and and it was my choice going um eventually ending up leaving after a year or so but uh, you know leaving a community like that is um 
like you're basically on your own because it's uh i think it's in the nature of of people or every human to to be in a tribe and and when you leave the tribe you know you can you, you just see this little village of tents and sun and then one one guy he just gets up from the bonfire one one evening and just walks into the woods and and disappeared it's kind of okay what happened to him and mm. i think don't think we should you know be around him because i don't think i'm not sure if he he uh, is one of us anymore yeah. so it's not totally natural it, it, i i haven't linked that too much to to any doctrine or religious religious thing it's more a, a, a human what is built into our our instincts so, but maybe uh it's like this uh this community is quite a it's quite a strong christian community so it's it's not like the one where you go to church every other or some sundays <laughs> during the year or, or on christmas it's very it's very it's a strong network and it's very uh, yeah yeah it's it's that, well that, known in uh, our part of the yeah yeah it's well known and it's really strong and it's really engaging like you you are an active member Mm. uh you you spend the most of your spare time uh doing stuff with the people there and and working for the community so and uh, for the common common goals and and so it's really what's really engaging so to just um yeah so so to leave that it, it left me with a lot of uh, spare energy to do well for for uh common reasons so that that's something like one of the biggest value i have from that is that you you know to work voluntarily or mm. or uh, to to really do good for for your community so so that's something i uh uh i'm really thankful to to have uh, have as a value from that but, mm. uh, but what what about that because of course this was a tough journey and mm. uh, i i myself it's it's not comparable but in a way comparable as well to other areas in society like the bubbles uh mm -hmm. as we call them um where you have this special set of belief systems and rules and and uh, guidelines you know and for you that was kind of the whole your whole life and you had grew up with it so how was it then to to kind of uh, create your own rules and start <laughs> over yeah you know it's uh, as i said earlier it was my body telling me to to stop being the character i tried because i tried really hard to be a good member of the community you know it was just that <laughs> i i never felt uh, enough i didn't feel i i lived up to to the requirements and when i just uh, changed my uh, my belief system it was um it was really lonely journey for some years because i didn't it, it was i couldn't talk to anyone inside of the community and uh, and no one outside the community really knew um what that was like so 
but I gave myself time. I read a lot. I uh, I uh, didn't rush anything, and I I focused on my inner journey instead of uh, blaming everything and everybody for where I ended up. Mm. So I I focused on on creating a new base for uh, a more sustainable belief system where I felt more empowered and more in response of my own well-being. Um, so you know, I, we, we when we first talked, we 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 touched on these these uh, dichotomies that we often face. You know that mm. um, dichotomy is, uh, you know, it's truths that seems contradict uh, contradicting that exists in the same space and simultaneously. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting, you know, uh, yes. one, one, one example is that if you go to a, if you, you are in an environment of 40 degrees Celsius, that is really hot and you just want to get out of there. While if you go, if you are in a sauna and there's 40 degrees Celsius, that is, you kind of cold, you want it hotter. So that's, it's like a, the, like a stupid example of a dichotomy, but, but it really illustrates that it depends on the perspective mm. and, uh, and the bubble you are in. Some can, this is, um, this is my whole life. You know, I, I, I will never leave this. And, and, um, there's a lot of examples and, and this, uh, this uh, feeling of belonging and, and, and the, this uh, tribal, um, uh, experience for in the human instincts are really strong. Um, so, but at the same time, for me, it was the right thing to just leave it all and be alone for some years and hmm. gradually build a new network with with people that that uh, supports me and that I could be able to support. It's very interesting when because you don't it seem it, to me it seems very rare that you as a grown up uh are in a position where you kind of you choose your your uh, um your tribe <laughs> over again it's uh, it, it's very it it would be maybe if you moved to a foreign country or something like that but uh usually you have this you have your but you kind of left it all and started over again. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a different story. Finding your friends in the kindergarten and finding your mm. friends in your thirties. Uh, yes, that I uh, <laughs> can. Uh, but the thing is, uh, we have a society where 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 you your appearance is is really important. You know, you have to have your set of friends. You know, out with the guys drinking beers and 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 or or your girlfriends. And, and, uh, you know, but for me, you know, to, to just, uh, narrow it down to, to who I am and, and who, like my little family at first start there and, and see what grows from there. It was, it was what I needed. I don't, I would not recommend it to anybody else, but it had, 
given me so much uh, enthusiasm, so much meaning in life, and so much uh, joy. And of course, I I have sad moments. I I of course I miss the people, the the good friends, which uh, I don't talk to much anymore. But but uh, my my arms are open, and I have my heart is is uh, <laughs> open. Um, but I respect that we are on different, uh, yeah, in different bubbles. You know, I respect mm. that we are are uh, have different opinions of what's right or wrong. And and for me, it's not so much about having right or wrong or or good or bad anymore. It's it's about what is uh, important. What's important for me now on a short term. Uh, or and in a, on a long term, you know, mm. and and that's where I kind of entered into this sustainability um, field because uh, I see that that uh, I think that is where I can do the most. And and while I was in this process, I also uh, took uh, a course in mental training, so I actually a certified mental trainer. Uh, the key knowledge I, I got from that is actually how we use our language. You know, yes. Is it is it a limited lang- limiting language or is it a language that foster opportunities? Yeah. Is it, um, uh, for example, when you have with kids, uh, you you uh, may they may do stuff you don't like and you you ask why. Why did you do it? And you make them, you know, explain and and uh, justify the what they did wrong. You know, it's like a double punishment. Mm. Um, and going into the language you use in sustainability, we have a lot of buzzwords, and I think that is, you know, you, you, us living in the sustainability bubble. We, we throw around us these buzzwords and I, I look at buzzwords. It's like mosquitoes, you know, you, you, they're just irritating. You, you want to, you know, knock them away from you. Yeah. And, and you should really think about that when, when we are, you know, hosting seminars and, and workshops and we talk about, uh, uh, yeah, greenhouse gases, emissions, uh, footprint, uh gri uh all these kinds of words that are that we actually use because i think i think we use buzzwords because we don't really know what we're talking about yeah <laughs> yeah uh we just want to sound smart yeah and i i have done it a lot of times and i been in countless seminars uh, the la- last year where you kind of okay all these buzzwords so mm. my I think my mission is to try to make it more simple and that is most hard thing to do mm. to make complicated things simple yes I, I, I like the thing that you because we had some email exchange before and you said going from making a society more sustainable to making it more thrivable. Uh, 
because of the like the meaning of the word uh, sustainable yeah. you want to like yeah i think that in this is social part of the 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 sustainability um work it's uh, thrivability is a is a good word because you mm. you can do all the things with your business you can uh, have all the measurements of footprints and, and you document that you have so-and-so uh, uh, according to diversity and equality and, and everything. But is the business thrivable? Is it actually uh, a place where you, you want to, to, to work because you are growing uh, at, on a personal level? I think mm. that is uh, what we should aim for because we get really hooked up in. Uh, I think, you know, it's we we need all the, all all good resources and and uh, and uh, people, and some are focused on the climate and footprint and measuring, and some are more on the social on the human basis and and uh, another another really important topic is that the new generations that are coming you know because we see that you know WHO has declared that that it's a mental uh, illness is the new pandemic mm. and it's really spreading around the, the in the in the young young ones, and I think mm. we're back to to the the quote from Jim Carrey that a lot of young people they feel alienated um, because you know they start at a higher level of consciousness, you know, than than we did. Yeah. I mean, they 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 have values that we had to learn. They are now equipped with them. Uh, at the earlier stage, yeah, I think you know the the, the kids that are growing up and entering into adolescence and, and aiming towards a, um, a job market that is still, you know, uh, from um, it's based on old uh, old values and norms and and. and uh, we need to to look into that, and uh, and I think you know, and I, if I want to, uh, you know, I have a son that's uh, eight years old, and he he tells me, uh, "Hey, Dad, you uh, your showers are too long. You you need to to start show <laughs> be quicker in the shower. You use too much water. It's not good for the environment." And it's, yeah. he's like eight years old, and it's easy for me to, as a grown up, well, I'm the responsible here. I'm paying the bills. I can do the f I want to do, uh, and I want to enjoy my long showers. But and and uh, it's not about that. We live in Norway, and we have. Uh, uh, unlimited access to water and and so on but i think you know the way we need to 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 change our um our uh, behavior is through listening more to to our kids mm. uh, and it's it's uh, even though it it feels stupid all training feels stupid at the moment but it trains us to 
to be more aware and and mm-hmm. uh, to uh, and to every everyone out there that has kids and adolescents that are you know coming in are worried about the future uh, listen to them and pay them respect and do not just you know throw the the thing at them well they are kids you don't understand mm. uh, the whole system here well what what is there to understand in in a system that's not uh, sustainable you know um, mm. use that use that opportunity to work on your own understanding of, of uh, how the future uh, is going to be for your your kids and um, yeah so it was really really uh, inspiring you know I spent the Christmas uh, listening to a lot of your <laughs> your podcast episodes and and uh, at one you were talking about Greta Thunberg and mm. I heard a lot of, of people that is uh, yeah have a lot of opinions about her and, and her her voice but it, it I think it's no other way it can be mm. it we need those voices and I and yeah, I mean, you are this you are a voice you know you you have this podcast and you and I need to be a voice mm. and and of course we we have different um, uh, strengths and, and weaknesses but together we can um, yeah truly mm. make a change but we don't do anything unless we speak up yeah um, and and are conscious about you know who do I want to be for first and foremost for myself mm. and and for my my family and loved ones and and for my community and and the society as a whole and, and for the planet and that's um, the message so I want to give yeah <laughs> it's uh, so it's a uh a question of courage in many ways i would think because you as you said we have to we have to speak up and we have to very often do things which are outside of what we find comfortable and and i feel it's so often uh, still that i i think twice before i raise my voice and that has maybe at least in the start it had to do with the the industry i came from i felt very divided that oh uh, if i say this will i offend those if i say this in that other uh, on a, that other side kind of mm-hmm. will those be offended so it's um exactly what you say it it all comes down to me who do i yeah. want to be and yeah. not thinking about all the other people around there with their different opinions. <laughs> yeah, and that sure. can it, be really hard. Actually. That is hard. And and it, yeah. and it and it's the training. It's uh, it, we don't do things perfect, but if we are conscious about it and and as well that's really offending what he says about, you know, screw the the climate industry, you know, uh, I'm just going to burn my fuel like I, w- I always did um and i <laughs> but it's you can't speak there was a quote i came over the other day you can't speak butterfly language to a caterpillar um that's one thing and mm. 
and uh, you have to respect that caterpillar language and you know you have to you know because that's where they at you know if i'm mm. gonna tell tell them that you're wrong and you're just gonna push them away and we see that in the in the world like the polarization is a big issue uh and you have you know technology that's just fueling that polarizations by by uh, like like Facebook, for example, it's it's uh, uh, it's. But so I think that the way ahead is to turn um, uh, turn the, the make technology that turn that into you know to to uh, reverse the polarization, hmm. uh, make stronger governments and and to uh, um, and and as I said, you know, involve get the the, the young people involved, and also uh, there's two things. One thing is the young people is really important, and also the scientists. And and the thing is, I I understand. I mean, I'm not a scientist. I, I'm not an academic. I I look at myself as a regular guy that is interested in sustainability, but I'm also needed because. As a regular guy, I, I, I can understand and try to understand what the scientists uh, are saying and and put it into a, la- a language that that uh, us regular people are mm. understand. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I have gained confidence uh, in that perspective because it's. Uh, um, we are all needed. Everyone that has mm. a voice needs to speak up. Uh, the world is is full of people that are not using their voice. So, so mm. um, why shouldn't I use mine to, to if if uh, I want to do something? Um, so, and then the results will be what it will be. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, uh, the the worst thing is to be ignorant, to to live mm. in ignorance, and to just say, well, I mean, if I, uh, why should I change my life? You know, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the little I do or not do, but if everybody thinks like that and. It it won't happen. And nothing will happen. And but when when I do, when I start to be conscious, you know, live a conscious life, you know, I I do my inner work and I also express myself and my values. Mm. Um, then I start to move the the collective consciousness. You know, in in the right direction. Mm. Um, that that's the collective consciousness is and collective egos is something I, I've really been nerding about the last year because I really want to understand what happened to me. Because, yeah, you know, as you <laughs> as you said, it, to to just quit a community uh, like I did is is really rare and it's uh, like, I mean it's. Why should you do that? I mean, I it wasn't that I I had some terrible experience and and mm. 
was treated badly. Uh, quite opposite. I, I always be careful and and had everything I, I needed, but I I never felt uh, home there. Mm. Uh, so, and that was what my body uh, told me at last. Yeah. And, uh, I I choose to to listen to it and yeah um, yeah. So, but uh, back to <laughs> um, like the the uh, collective consciousness, uh, you know, and we, uh, we, what I was mentioned with uh, uh, what's the instincts to to belong to a tribe and so on. It's it's quite uh, strong, and you no, know, I I love to read books and understand why we behave like we do and mm. a lot of a lot of knowledge can be be uh, read from from when when people have been in crisis and uh, there's two books uh, i want to to mention uh from the second world war one is uh victor frankl's uh, man's search for meaning mm. where you have uh uh, an unbelievable history story about uh, a man who encountered like five five uh, uh, concentration camps and uh, is has these gruesome experiences and and survive and he finds meaning in all that while uh, observing other people that just uh, give up. Um, and it, it really, I've read it several times. It's, it's really uh, uh, put things in the perspective. Yeah, and, and on the other side, uh, there's this book uh, called uh, Ordinary Men by Christopher Browning, uh, which tells the story about the uh, uh, Order Police 101, who was a bunch of, you know, drafted uh, ordinary men from the from Hamburg, which happened to be the, the least Nazi uh, city in Germany. Um, and they were drafted to, to be in the order police and was sent off to Poland to, to keep order in the cities there and then um, ended up uh systematically killing Jews going from town to town and uh, the, the thing is that well, yeah, well they they were ordered and forced to do this job but uh, what this this uh, book uh, reveals is that they actually had a choice you know the they they before they was going to do the executions they were uh, they had a at a meeting and the 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 commanding officer said, "Well, if you're not up to this, um, we can transfer you to another uh, service. Like you can do transport or or, or uh, uh, guarding or something." And the funny thing is that you know they were very few that actually said, "Well, we're not uh, we're not going to do this because." Mm. You have this um, 
something called conformity. You know, conformity mm. is the is the mightiest ruler there is. Uh, we don't want to stick out. We just yeah. want to join, blend in with the group, and and of course with the culture of uh, masculinity and and uh, not being a uh, a wimp. Um, you know, builds up in there. Well, okay, I'm just gonna do it. And mm. and there were officers in command there that they were just they hated what they were doing. They were they were throwing up every time they had to do the executions, but still they did it because to 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 keep their mask and to to mm. do. So so, I mean, and I, I think. Being in the time we are now, where we have uh, deep fakes, we have, I mean, there's technology now, Leslie May, that, that I can, you're a blogger, so, so you, you have a certain style of blogging, and I can, I can actually make an article uh, in your name, and there's, I, I can, just write, okay, Vesla May, uh, and uh, she's going to write a story that supports uh, uh, Trump for next mm-hmm. presidency. And there is uh, artificial intelligence that can make that article for me, and it looks like you have created with your style. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. That technology we, is, exists now. So, mm-hmm. We have, you know, medieval, medieval governance, uh, governments, uh, and medieval institutions. But we have godlike technology, so it's really, really a, a bad mix. Yes. And um, and so, coming back to live a conscious life, you know, to really be working inward, it's is the most important thing we can do. Mm. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we are approaching the end, I think. But I have these uh, standard questions at the end. And you can put a lot into that if there's something you feel you haven't said <laughs> yet. Um, so if there's one thing you would like people to do after listening to this episode, what would that be? Because that's the reason I, I do this podcast is to trigger people into action or doing something, changing something. I, I touched on a lot of, of things, but um, I think uh, to when you talk to people, be aware that uh, there are several truths existing in the same room. Um, even though you believe you're right, um, it doesn't matter if you um, not are not willing to listen to to the other person and uh, acknowledge his opinions. Uh, and especially this is when you are uh, discussing with your kids and mm. other young ones. To make them feel that they matter, to make them feel that you are, uh, that they, their voice are heard. 
and that they have something to give you. Mm. I think it's really important. I have chosen 2030 as a, like, <laughs> I'm not alone there. A lot of people talk about 2030 as that year we will have done this and that. And now we're in 2022, so we're getting closer. But if you were to set the stage for 2030, how would that be when it comes to the way we live or what what has uh, changed in a good way? It's easy to to uh, to uh, draw up a catastrophe, but mm. to draw up uh, the ideal is that we have um, gotten uh, progressive leaders and. Um, we have reversed the uh, polarization mm. and we have established a, a good environment for cooperation because we will be facing um, uh, harsh conditions in, in so many ways. So yeah. uh, that I, I hope for uh, in, in uh, 2030. Because yeah. then it's just then it's just a matter of speed to to fix what needs to be fixed. I you had this great example before. I uh, just want want to mention it. Uh, like the way that people often react in in a crisis, and yeah. uh, you were mentioning that I think the the flower shop in your yeah, uh, sure. neighborhood. Could you just yeah. take that story? Because I think related to that, I think that yeah. when fi faced with a crisis, yeah. the way yeah. we but, react. Sure. That is the, the a positive thing with crisis uh, is that people tend to, to um, uh, hire the moral yeah. in a way. Uh, and uh, there's uh, there's also a book called Tribe that uh, tells this story about you know during the Blitz War um, uh, when the people of London escaped down to the underground stations and they lived down there for days and without any police enforcement or any any centralized uh, leadership they managed to live together and no one was there was no argument or or uh, or fights they just coexisted because the the outside threat was so um you know so threatening mm. and um and actually from from the last lockdown uh here in Sandefjord there was another example there was this florist who uh who put uh, uh, her flowers outside the shop like all all day all night and when she closed the uh, the shop in the evening she, she just left them there and people could come anytime during the night and and pick up what they needed and transfer the money and this worked like a charm all through the lockdown now it was uh, very little uh, vandalism or or theft, uh, but when when the society opened again, uh, you know, in the summer, then and everybody went back to the normal 
mm-hmm. way of living, more or less. Uh, like they, they she uh, experienced that that the whole trolleys and everything was just stolen. Uh, so, so it was really a fascinating story, yes. and I think it has to do with this uh, this shift in consciousness of people. Yeah. So, so I think this is the if if the crisis gets bad enough, we yeah. tend to higher our moral. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, we we can do it without um, uh, being uh, uh, in too deep. Uh, yeah. so, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. It's very interesting. Very strange. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the last question, if somebody wants to contact you, what is the best way to reach you? Either as a sustainability consultant or, or just out of interest for everything that you have been talking about. Yeah. I, I love, to connect to, with people. And uh, yeah. yeah, you find my uh, contact details at uh, uh, bkc.eco. That's my webpage for, uh, it's called Badekraftskotchen, but it has some Norwegians, uh, Norwegian uh, spelling in there. So it's easier to, to go for the international one. So bkc.eco. And um, yeah, and now I'm also on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, if anybody wants to reach out. so Yes, I will share everything in the show notes. Thank you so much. This has been very interesting and I'm sure that we will uh, keep uh, talking about uh, <laughs> different uh, topics uh, in the in the hopefully years to come. <laughs> and yeah, I'm very you. happy that you live so close. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll uh, talk more later. So that was my conversation with Morten Westerheim. I find his story so fascinating, and as I was editing this episode, there were so many parts there. I would have liked to discuss more. It's often like that, but I just might have to bring him back at a later stage. If you have any questions or comments for either of us, don't hesitate to get in touch. And as always, all the links can be found in the show notes. Now also on my brand new website, storiesforthefuture.no. Stories for the Future is made and edited by me, Veslemøy Klavnes Berge. You will find all links and information for this episode and everything else related to this podcast on storiesforthefuture.no. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you would like to show your support and make it easier for other people to find this podcast, I would be really grateful if you would leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at storiesforthefuture. Until next time, go out and make a dent in the world. There's work to be done and impact to be made. And we can actually have a lot of fun along the way.